listening to Out of the Box with Rosie Tran. Out of the Box is sponsored by HugMeTees.com. Spread love, give a hug, HugMeTees.com. Guys, we're now on SoundCloud. Check us out at SoundCloud.com slash Out of the Box Podcast. And as always, we're on Stitcher and iTunes. Subscribe, click on the follow button, leave positive comments. We love it. We get excited when you guys do that stuff. Uh, I am so excited today to have my first uh, altcoin guest. Uh, guys, I am here today with Crypto Casey. How are you? Thank you for having me on the show, Rosie. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> so I, I am so excited to have you because I've been wanting to talk about Bitcoins and altcoins. And um, I actually know a little bit, but I started doing some research on you and some of the podcasts that you've been on. You, I mean, it sounds like you guys are talking Greek to me. I'm totally clueless. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I can hear that for sure. So this might be a little bit more of a basic episode compared to some of the podcasts you've been on. <laughs> Sounds great. I, I love uh, I love talking beginner stuff because a lot of a lot of this Bitcoin stuff, a lot of cryptocurrency stuff, really gets goes over people's heads. You know, it's a lot of tech jargon. It's a lot of uh, intimidating numbers and stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm happy to to be the the new liaison, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm a basic um, crypto supporter. You know, I have bitcoins. Um, I buy a little every month, and I used to mine. My husband actually has a miner going in our bedroom, which is very romantic. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely is. And we have keeps another, you warm. It is. It is. And we have another miner going for litecoins, and we also buy other coins. We don't have any pink coins yet, um, but. So for I, I talk about this with a lot of people and, uh, you know, I would say 90% of the people that I talk to still don't really understand what cryptocurrencies are, what alt currencies are. So maybe you can explain it in a way that they do get it because, you know, I'll tell people and, and they just think, you know, maybe Bitcoin is a fad or like I said, most of the people I talk to are still completely clueless. Okay, well, let me give you like the the basic summation as mean, like, easy dumb, as I possibly can. Version. Yeah, the dumbed down version. <laughs> For the listeners who might not know what crypt uh, cryptocurrencies are. Yeah, so basically Bitcoin and all other cryptocurrencies are a virtual peer-to-peer -peer currency um, that's decentralized, meaning that there's no central server that can be uh, hacked or taken down to, to seize assets or steal your funds, essentially. There are millions of people just like yourself who have miners in their basement in their bedroom whatever it may be who are guys put it um, in your basement because it's it's loud and annoying <laughs> yeah and it, and it gets hot too if you got an old school one it gets kind of hot <laughs> um and so what what the those miners are doing people like yourself is you are exchanging your computing power and when i'm saying computing power it's not like a regular computer um although there are some fb or i, I don't even know the terminology that like computer my gpu miners that's what it is um but most of them are um are uh they're like just specialized pieces of equipment that have one sole purpose, and that's to solve this complex mathematical equation that the Bitcoin network gives out, which in by solving this equation, you're verifying the authenticity of all the transactions um, that have that have come across the the network, which is entitled or which is termed the blockchain. And so so so, so basically, let's explain it. So maybe some people who are like, what the heck are they talking about? So the computer program, this is like kindergarten talk, guys. It's it's solving the problem. And then once it gets solved, it verifies. And then you get a Bitcoin or a part of a Bitcoin or a part of a coin. Is that correct? That's very correct. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know, I know. I found you through my friend David Seaman. Uh, I was a guest on his podcast as well, and I and you guys kind of started going off. And I know David is a huge, you know, altcoin av- advocate. So um, I-, I followed a little bit, but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask you like literally Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and altcoin 101 questions because I haven't had I haven't had a guest yet talk about it. And like I said, a lot of people are still like, what Bitcoin? What? <laughs> It's been in the news a little bit, um, more and more. And and uh oh, did I lose you? Did I lose you? No, I think uh, yeah, for a minute. Okay, so for I a minute. got muted. Got <laughs> stop muting things. <laughs> 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 I thought I thought crypto guys were supposed to be good good with technology. <laughs> nah, I, I guess so. Supposed to be. Um, so it's supposed to be. So. Um, it's it so there's a lot of unknowns still because it's not completely mainstream. I mean, if you buy bitcoins and sell bitcoins or altcoins, you know, pink coin, uh, there's doggy coin, all these different coins out there. There's no taxation system for it yet, right? Like you're not taxed on it. Oh, uh, that's that's correct to an extent. I think in March 25th, the IRS ruled that Bitcoin was not seen as currency; it was seen as property. So it's kind of taxed just like property is. So only when you realize profits. Do you have to declare any sort of uh, any sort of taxation with it? So what about the other uh, coins? Is it the same thing? I think I think they kind of ruled as a, an all-encompassing thing that all, all alternative currencies and virtual currencies are kind of under the same the same rule, from my understanding. Although I'm not the main, the the foremost authority, I'm just kind of a guy who who does his research, and I'm, I'm not I'm not uh, <laughs> I'm not claiming to know everything. This is just my understanding of it. Um. So what about people who cashed out before the IRS rolled this? Do they just have all this like untaxed money? Yeah, I guess. I guess that's a it's a pretty big gray area. So I'm not I'm not familiar with that because I I didn't um oh, that would I didn't so really awesome. get into the crypto <laughs> crypto game until 2013. But yeah, I'm sure there's there's some people who kind of think that that's that's the case, and I'm sure there's other people who who were very honest and started declaring early and uh, and paid taxes on it. But I think there's a a large gray area that you can kind of get away with some stuff. That's cool. Um, so you originally started as a professional poker player. Yeah, I've uh, I've been a professional poker player for about eight years now. I guess I started off playing online poker, um, just uh, just for fun. When while I was recovering from a knee surgery, I've uh, I've been very um, I've been an athlete my entire life. I played a lot of uh, sports in high school. I played college basketball, and I ruined my knee um, in like 2005. And I started playing online poker as a as a way to like have a competitive outlet. Instead of physical competition, it was mental competition. So I realized there was some strategy involved. And uh, after I was re- after I recovered and got out of my my painkiller induced coma, <laughs> I started <laughs> I started uh, reading up on it uh, on the forums. Started talking to friends. Started um, watching videos from some of these sites that offered it, and uh, got pretty good. Um, and just kind of used it to support myself while while in college. And just. I really liked it. I graduated from college, got my master's degree, my MBA, um, and just kind of decided to shelve that and play poker for a living and started traveling. Uh, once the the U.S. government deemed that online poker or online gaming in America was no longer a legitimate thing to do, they came and swooped in through the FBI and shut down the three largest sites, and uh, which were Full Tilt Poker, Poker Stars, and Ultimate Bet, and they seized all the assets immediately. Um, so and then did you... You weren't affected by that, right? Because you're just oh, playing. I, you're just playing, or you were. No, I was affected definitely because uh, I, I've been playing for a living. That's how I made my money. Not only through through playing, but I was coaching people one on one and in group settings. I was backing players, meaning I was uh, I was sponsoring their buy-ins for fifty percent of their profit. 
And so all, all of my streams didn't come in. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Uh, but th- there was a risk involved, obviously. But so all of my streams of income kind of just seized up overnight um, without any sort of forewarning. And then all the assets, all the money I had on those sites was also seized instantly. And so um, no. I think, yeah, so I, I, myself, much like all my friends, had had like 90 to 95 percent of our net worth online because it just made more sense since we were putting it in play. We needed to be liquid. Um, we didn't really feel the need to pull it out and get taxed on it. So um, we kept all of our, our assets online, all of our money online. And so I think within two weeks, PokerStars, which is the biggest site, reached a deal with the Department of Justice and um, kept U.S. players out, but we were able to pay them back. And then Full Tilt Poker and Ultimate Bet did not. They took them, I guess, three and a half years uh, before Full Tilt reached a deal, and they just started paying their players back in March of this year. And they have like a bunch of phases or waves of, of repayment, and they're I think in phase two or three right now. So they're they're slowly repaying players, and then Ultimate Bet just shit the bed and uh, is <laughs> done, and it's not going to be repaid back at all. And so with that, I saw I saw like. Um, how the government could come in and swoop in and and steal or seize servers and with it all the money due to the centralized nature of it. And around like two or three months later, I saw this Bitcoin poker site that was advertising to U.S. players called Seals with Clubs. And um, I started looking into Bitcoin. I was like, what is this? How how is this legal? How can how can you play poker online in America and, and advertise? And so I started paying attention to Bitcoin. I think they were like dollar eighty or $2 of Bitcoin at the time. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And so I started doing my research and trying trying to acquire some. And it took um Are you there? Yeah, I'm listening. Okay, yeah. <laughs> my 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 Skype is just freaking out saying my interconnection problems. But so I, I started paying attention, um, and I realized that the only way you could buy them was through these exchanges online, and the only thing they would accept was a wire transfer. And I'm sure you know that wire transfers are expensive. They cost like $30 or $40 or $50, depending on your bank, and the, um, to send them out. And then also to receive them, it charges a fee. So I was only going to mess around with a couple hundred dollars. I didn't feel like uh, transferring or wiring funds to some offshore entity um, and paying a, a $30 to $50 fee was, was feasible or even smart. So I didn't buy. I kind of hung out on the sidelines for a little while and watched this thing go up, 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 up. And, yeah, uh, when it was hit. $1.82. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so like I think like two weeks later or a month later, I started looking at it again. It was like 4 or $5. And I was like, fuck, I missed the boat. Like, shit, I, I could have got like my couple hundred dollars would have been like X amount of Bitcoin. Now it's like half that. Like, no, nah, I'm going to I'm I'm not I'm good. I'm not going to not going to buy into this. And I kept doing that like every couple months. Like, shit, what the, what the fuck? Like, damn it. And so finally, um, at least plus, like, you were looking at you looking at it when it was like two dollars. I was looking at it when it was like thirty dollars, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, it's just like you're just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right in feet first. But my biggest hangup was I didn't want to I didn't want to wire money to like some offshore company that I couldn't couldn't trust or couldn't do research on that that was nameless. And so, um, I guess uh, around November 2013, there was a website lighttree.com that allowed you to to transfer instantly with Bank of America. And another thing with the wire is like it takes a couple of days to register. So and plus with the volatility, it's like you never know what, what you're going to buy in at. And so I like the idea of being able to transfer directly with Bank of America and be able to to get the money virtually instantly and and buy in. And so I did that on Lighttree.com and I bought a bunch of Litecoin. And within two and a half weeks, I want to say, Litecoin had went 13 times in value. So I bought in at like 370, I think was my average buy in. And then 
it went up to like forty seven dollars or something absurd, and uh, I sold was it around, the same, around Was this at the same time that there was the Bitcoin spike up to yeah five for six hundred? I think. Uh, no, it was even higher. I think it wasn't it like eleven hundred, twelve hundred. It went up to six hundred and lurked around there for a while. That was the first big big spike, and then uh, there was a Bitcoin mania, and it went up to eleven or twelve hundred. I think, and then it yeah, I went- think that was December. Yeah, I think you're right. I think December was when it when it really went nuts on Bitcoin, and I think. Uh, um, November was when it went up to like 600. So yeah, I was really paying attention to Bitcoin at the time because I was holding Litecoin, and so I uh, I sold. You're like, come on, Litecoin. <laughs> well, I wasn't really paying attention, honestly. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is, this will get me a way into the the cryptocurrency world. And so I sold the I sold it all, and then I started dabbling in in altcoins. Um, I started going to MintPal.com and Bitrix.com and Polyonyx and all of these uh these alternative currency exchanges, and started kind of realizing that there was there was uh, a way to make profit to day trade and to um and to speculate a little bit and um and I kind of got got not lost but I kind of got I, I kind of found a, a new outlet something that I, I that I enjoyed <laughs> and <laughs> and I've been kind of trading not I, I wouldn't say I'm trading so much anymore I'm more investing these days but um yeah I saw I saw this this new this new avenue for decentralized currencies because of my experience with the uh, with online poker and how it just was able to get like seized imme- like immediately with no forewarning and all of your assets just caught up, I really dug the decentralized nature of cryptocurrencies and was was very sold on it. The pretty much from from day one, once I got my my first uh, Litecoin and, and was able to have complete autonomy and control over my assets without anybody any entity telling me I couldn't or risking seizure. And so I, I really liked the the whole everything about it you know the whole industry as a whole i like so it i like it since. because there's a lot of freedom with it and i think i noticed that people that are altcoin people tend to be more open-minded than traditional more traditional thinking people does do, do you do you find that that people that are into altcoins and cryptocurrencies tend to be more alternative thinkers oh without a doubt i think a lot of people who are in in the alternative currency space are uh are yeah free thinkers they're people that are have kind of been jaded by the system in some way, have been kind of uh, pushed out by banking systems, or they're just taxed to death, or not not taxed to death, but feed to death. I don't know about your banking banking uh, experience, but I get a lot charge a lot of fees. Uh, <laughs> my, ba- my bank is is among. I, I I deal with Bank of Hawaii, and because uh, I'm out here in Hawaii, and they're the number one bank <laughs> in, in America from a profitability Quotations. standpoint. Yeah, because. Uh, I mean, from a profitability standpoint, which they they market and brag about, but if you if you think about it logistically, like that money's coming from somewhere, and it's generally their customers. And so every, every month, I'm getting a maintenance fee that they try to like squeeze in there. I'm getting like ATM fees if I use any other ATM bank. I get all sorts of like random fees just accruing and accruing, and I'm like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? I didn't sign on for this, you know. And so uh, I've just been kind of jaded by the banking systems, and um, and I think a lot of people that are in the cryptocurrency space have have a similar experience where they're just they've they've said enough is enough i'm tired of it they they want the autonomy and control and the freedom that it brings and a lot of these these people are are kind of um yeah free thinkers like they're into um spirituality i, I want to say um That's as an all encompassing no. word as it's an all encompassing so word yeah they they're they're a lot they're very aligned uh with their with um the things they believe in and and the things that they're uh that they they know to be true, I guess. Well, and so yeah, you have a lot of these people with a 
Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say what what I notice is just there's one of the positives about about the fact that everything is online and there's so much freedom and there's so much, you know, creative people involved with it is that the older establishment seems to have not caught up. I mean, there's it's pretty unregulated. And I think it's because, you know, the government is like, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but the IRS and parts of the government don't even have email yet. This is a true thing. (laughs) <laughs> Parts of our government, the U.S. government, does not even have email. I, did not I, I know had. That. It's crazy. Uh, I think uh, California. Some of the government entities don't even have email yet. I had a seven hundred dollar tax. Like um, the the IRS was claiming that I owed seven hundred dollars. In the end, it it wasn't true, and I ended up fighting it and getting a tax attorney, and everything was resolved. But I would try to contact someone at the IRS and they have these 1-800 numbers and you call and you get put in a queue and there's like no email. I'm like, well, can I just send this information over email? They're like, we don't have email. I'm like, you guys don't have email. And (laughs) I think one of the, it was like a big controversy a couple months ago, but there was a couple like senators and governors and other people who didn't even have an email address. So I think that that's a good thing right now for the crypto world is that the old school establishment, literally old school establishment has not caught up and figured everything out yet because some of these people don't even have a freaking email address. <laughs> yeah, and like like you said that like old school is the perfect word because a lot of these people are old. Like let's be honest, they're like <laughs> they're like fifty to seventy year old white males, and they're just clueless as to totally what the fuck clueless. is going on in the real world. Like I mean, the real world to them is just politics and and just uh, I guess golf luncheons and and a lot of like backdoor world. Oh, for sure, without a doubt, it's super good. We're we're way ahead of the curve. Um, and I think a, I think a lot of it is intimidation too. Like they don't really understand the technology behind it, and they they never will. But let's face it, because they're just so out of touch with the uh, with technology and and the reality of of the capabilities of and the freedoms that it provides that w- w- of what the internet provides and what cryptocurrency provides. And they're just uh, intimidated by getting in and into it. And so they're just I think they're just kind of waiting on the sidelines, hoping shit dies, and doing whatever <laughs> they can um, through like taking taking the big players down, like the Silk Road or whatever it may be. And just hoping that that that's enough to kind of push people away. And, and I think and also I, spreading a lot of false rumors. You know, there's I always hear, you know, on, anytime I hear cryptocurrency mentioned in the mainstream media, they're talking about criminals using it, drug dealers, all this other stuff, which may or may not be true. But it, that seems to be the emphasis of it, not the positive qualities of cryptocurrency. I well, hear I mean, I hear a lot of like murder, (laughs) like, oh, cryptocurrency is used to fund murder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the mainstream media is all about shock and awe, right? They don't they don't want to ever, ever put anything out there that's like positive and uplifting. It's all about like, how can we make people just shit their pants? (laughs) Like, what's the what's the scariest thing we could say? Oh, my God, you're funding pedophilia and drug trafficking and cartels like. Yeah, that's that's a part of it, part of the U.S. dollar, too. I mean, that should (laughs) every currency does that. Like, come on, let's be real about it. They did a study on the U.S. dollar and they did um, – what is it called? Uh, I don't know. They Like DNA testing. And they said the average dollar has uh, remnants of cocaine, blood, and they named all this other really disgusting stuff <laughs> and their percentages. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure the U.S. dollar is funding a lot of illegal activities. And yeah. actually uh, I had um, on my podcast, as, as the listeners know, early as a guest, HSBC whistleblower um, Everett Stern who – you know said that the a lot of the big corporate banks were funding terrorism and the US government knew about it and they didn't do anything about it. So, you know, to say well cryptocurrency is funding terrorism, well so are giant corporate Wall Street banks. <laughs> well, well here's something interesting about 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 that. Um when when the US government took down online poker, they in 2000 that was in 2011 in April, 
Um, in 2006, in October 31st, Senator Bill Frist slapped a part of this must-pass port security bill, uh, what was called the UIGEA, the Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act, which made funding uh, online gaming with U.S. banks illegal. And there was no one, it was the 24th hour, no one knew about it until the next day when it already passed into law. And so from that time in 2006, from when, when they shut down the um, online, online poker in 2011, the U.S. government, uh, mainly the FBI, had been operating as the, one of the largest payment processors in, in online gaming. They set themselves up as a payment processor, <laughs> and they were processing all these payments and going out and finding banks to, to handle these pro- payment processors. And then once they felt like they had enough, uh, enough information, enough dirt on these people, they took it all down from the inside. So there was a bank in Utah, this little mom-and-pop bank that was um, – that I guess had been uh, solicited by this payment processor that the U.S. government had had been, and uh, and they were like at the forefront, and they got fucked harder than anybody. So yeah, yeah, the U.S. government is funding terrorism and funding all the illegal activities that <laughs> that uh, that are going on and making it making it a, a big deal in the mainstream media as if somebody else was doing it and they had no idea. So it's pretty I, interesting. I, it is, and I'm not anti-American because I think the American people in general are very, very good people. But you know, mm-hmm. sometimes our government is not representing what's going on in reality. A lot of people feel misrepresented, and you know, I definitely don't want my tax dollars being spent on all this, you know, BS. And I think a lot of people feel that way too. But let's talk about. You said that mainstream media, you know, doesn't want to focus on the positive. So let's do that here on this podcast and focus on the positive. <laughs> what Sounds are great. some of the positives of cryptocurrency? You're an average person. You're using the bank. You don't have any issues with it, and you're like, okay, why would I switch to crypto- cryptocurrencies for some purchases? What What's the benefit? Crypto, Casey, well, tell me. <laughs> well, the biggest benefits in my mind are the 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 ease of transactions and how quick they are and how cheap they are. You can send a transaction right now. I could, I could be sending you a transaction in Bitcoin and I can click the send button right now in that exact instant that, that I click send, you see it appear in your wallet and and then it takes a little bit of time for these miners to confirm the validity of the transaction. But for all intents and purposes, it's instant. Additionally, there's there's minimal fees, whereas Visa is charging all of these companies to use their, their Visa cards um, and their their services two and a half percent per transaction on average but bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies they're charging like fractions of a bitcoin like 0.001 of the coin of choice to send so who makes who makes the service charge on on the bitcoin say you know both you and i are trading pink coins or whatever there's a service mm -hmm. transaction fee who gets that fee the miners get that fee that goes to the miners as incentive to to um secure and authenticate the network got it got it um, okay, so you mentioned it going to my wallet. For those of you who are listening um, online who are totally new to cryptocurrency, when he means wallet, he's talking about an online wallet. Um, <laughs> well, uh, online or on your computer or on your phone. On your computer or your phone, yeah. It's not, because yeah, in case you were like, wait, how does he send the Bitcoin it gets in your wallet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's essentially a, a program. It's a, an executable program on your computer that that is just stores the information of uh it's of the an e-wallet cur- the, basically yeah an e-wallet essentially <laughs> um so do you think that these large corporations have an incentive once they start figuring out what is going on in the crypto world to actually uh bring down cryptocurrency is that a fear um corporations so much have an incentive too i think the governments do i think the corporations actually have an incentive to use cryptocurrency because we of the see savings that, now. that it has more companies yeah. are starting to accept bitcoins and other coins yeah i think i think once the once mt gox crashed and uh or got hacked and and the price of bitcoin crashed and um for those of you who are unaware uh in like february of this year um the main exchange mt gox which was handling about 80 percent of the total transactions of 
of uh, or sales on the ex- it was the biggest exchange of cryptocurrency in the world. I, I guess I'd equate it to the New York Stock Exchange, although I think it was doing much more volume than the New York Stock Exchange ever did um, relative to to what it was trading. And so one that that exchange got hacked and it got taken down essentially, and the price of Bitcoin crashed to like one hundred and eighty dollars per when it was trading at about eight hundred dollars per nine hundred dollars per. And within 24 hours, it rebounded to about 600 or $550 per Bitcoin. Um, and so this all happened within a period of about 24 hours. It went from trading at a high to a low, then back to like pretty, like I guess 70% of the value that it, that it had before. And so once that happened, a lot of these big players in the um, in financial markets, um, venture capitalists and such, started taking notice and started realizing, hey, this thing is a lot more resilient I need to get a piece of this because of the scarcity of, of um, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin specifically. There's only going to be 21 million of these things ever made. And right now, and currently in circulation, there's about 13 million. And so due to the scarcity, due to the resiliency, due to the, the adoption of it, uh, a lot of these big major players started paying attention and started buying into it. Like um, Andreessen Horowitz, uh, venture, one of the biggest venture capitalists in, the, in America, um, founded Coinbase, or didn't find, didn't uh, wasn't the founder, but he invested substantial amounts of money into Coinbase, which is a a large U.S. based exchange. Uh, the Winklevosses dumped they hundreds of millions huge, of dollars. Huge, huge advocates of altcoins. They're like, yeah. yeah. Th- so for those of you who don't know, those are were supposedly the co-creators of Facebook. I don't know if you guys have seen the Facebook movie, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, they were the ones who I don't know. Um, Zuckerberg supposedly stole the idea from, right? Yep. And they're huge venture guys and huge, huge Bitcoin and altcoin supporters. Yeah, so they, they dumped like a hundred plus million dollars into, into Bitcoin-related businesses such as BitPay, um, which is essentially um, a retail, uh, third-party third retail application for merchants to accept Bitcoin and then get fiat money into their bank account. Um, and so, yeah, once, the, once this crash happened and, it, and the price bounced back, it got a lot of big money players interested. And so I think uh, the smart money in the U.S., the smart younger generation of, uh, <laughs> of venture capitalists and people with money are realizing how, how beneficial it is to their everyday needs and how much money they could be making or saving, which is then making because a penny saved is a penny earned. You know, so, um, yeah, Hashtag once that happened. Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love it. I'm so excited about um, this, and I want to talk about Pinkcoin. So you are a developer with Pinkcoin, and what yes. happened? Pinkcoin was created by someone else, and then he abandoned it. Yeah. So what happens in um, in the cryptocurrency space, especially altcoins, is there's a lot of uh, a lot of people make the, make coins for the sole purposes of essentially uh, quick profit, and so Pinkcoin was was essentially no different than that. Um, there was this anonymous developer who went by the pseudonym Big Man on, <laughs> Bit, on Bitcoin Talk forum, and um, for those of you unfamiliar, Bitcoin Talk or yeah, I think let me let me double check this. I don't want to misquote myself because I I just use I just type it in my browser and I just uh, it always it pops is the first thing that goes to it. yeah it populates yeah BitcoinTalk.org. There, there it is. <laughs> um, so BitcoinTalk.org is the the main um, place for where these. Altcoins get released. There, there's announcements about the impending release of a new coin. There's threads that are, I don't even know, hundreds of pages long that have information about these cryptocurrencies. And so this this developer, Big Man, released uh, Pinkcoin um, on, or released an announcement about Pinkcoin on Bitcoin Talk in early May, May 2nd, I believe. And he uh, released it. It was mined for about, a t- I think, a week or 10 days was the, the mining period. 
Um, so unlike Bitcoin, uh, which is completely solely proof of work POW, which is which means that mine, um, the only way that coins can be created on the network is through mining, um, which is what you do in your in your bedroom and basement. Bedroom. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the, there's this these new wave of crypto coins, altcoins that are hybrid proof of work, proof of stake. So the first uh, week or two weeks or month or year, however long this proof of work period is, um, the coin gets mined, and then once the coin stops being mined, the proof of work period ends. There's this whole another thing called proof of stake, where the only way new coins can be brought into the network or into existence is through um, staking, through keeping the coins in your wallet, and you get one percent interest or however however much interest um, the the coin defines. So in the in um, with regards to pink coin, it's a one percent annual interest compounded daily, um, and that's the only way you can new coins get brought into the ex- existence is by having coins in your wallet, having your wallet open for a little bit a day, and um, and mining these coins or minting these coins through staking. And that's so awesome. that means you yeah, kind of like make money just having pink printing coins money. To, you're printing money. <laughs> yeah, I like to think of it as that. And, and, and instead of having this high powered, specialized, expensive computing unit uh, that most miners are, you can actually just do it on your PC, your laptop, whatever device you have. And so it becomes this uh, this money printer that anybody can have accessible without having to spend a lot of money or have a lot of electricity usage because the, the current miners, they use electricity and they're pretty expensive. Um, like how how I don't know where you are and I think you're in California right which is probably the most expensive place in America for electricity costs. It so. is. And my miner was a, a couple thousand. We bought one and then my husband built the Litecoin miner from uh, video cards. So oh, nice. um, I don't know anything about that. That's way over my head. He's the techie guy. <laughs> yeah. So so essentially you're you're paying for the electricity usage to keep that miner running, whereas you're already having you already have your laptop open and your computer open, so you're not paying any additional. Um, electricity fees than you already would have just by browsing. All right, I gotta get some pink coins. You sold me. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) So, um, and so this developer launched this coin, and then after the proof of work period ended, um, he dumped all of his coins on the on the market and uh, kind of abandoned the project and was onto a new coin because he he was trying to turn and burn really quick. Exactly, uh, yeah. kind of pump and dump, which never really, never really did. And so myself and a few other people had invested in this coin and saw a tremendous opportunity um, with branding and partnerships with the National Breast Cancer Foundation and all sorts of other things. And um, pers- me personally, I've been a, a fan of the color pink for for years. I'm 29 years old now. I've been uh, I've been rocking pink since I was like 13. So awesome. Uh, yeah, <laughs> real, real men, men were pink. Real right? men were pink. There we go. Buy me a pink. <laughs> oh, most definitely. And so, um, and so we saw this potential, and we really didn't want to see this thing die because we really liked, um, we really liked it. And so we got together, three of us at the time, myself, this uh, person who went by the the alias some guy, and then Sony uh, was his Sony S, whose real names are Jeremy Rendon and Sony Assassin Can, and we uh, we got together. We created a new website, created a new logo. We um, added a bunch of features and added value to it and uh, relaunched it on a new announcement thread on Bitcoin Talk, and we just took it over. Um, so how, and actually, you guys took it over, how, how does that happen? I, I, I'm, I'm understanding um, what happened with the original you know, creator developer, and then I'm hearing that you guys decided to take it over. What does that mean, take it over? So um, the wallet files, the um, they're... Everything essentially that, that a developer does um, with regards to 
the creation of these wallet files and the coins source codes and stuff are up on a website called GitHub, G-I-T-H-U-B, github.com. And so there was a repository that the, that this creator, original creator had, uh, Big Man, um, for all these files, all of this information. And Did you guys have to go and like get his permission or you just could no, go in actually- and... We actually went in and, and copied the, all the all the files. The, um, our our new one of our developers, some guy, he had the wherewithal and the presence of mind to copy the the entire GitHub repository from this oh, guy, wow. <laughs> because uh, and actually it actually was was brilliant because around uh, May twenty second, I think this this person after he abandoned the project and we kind of took it over, he deleted his whole entire GitHub repository. So that's so perfect. It's perfect. So we we. Um, Put it, put it up ourselves again. We made a couple of uh, of changes to the to the source to the um, the source code of the of the wallet to ensure its integrity. Added a couple of nodes. Nodes being um, the like authenticators, essentially, just uh, places um, computers more or less that uh, that you can go to secure the integrity of the network that that gets information passed through it to the rest of the wallet holders. And so we added some nodes, did a bunch of things to the, to the, um, to the wallet itself and re-released it. And, uh, from there we've, we've kind of added developers, we've added people on board and done a lot of things to add value and add features to the coin itself. Like, um, I mentioned the national breast cancer foundation. We went out and we started a, a, a campaign that runs through nat- through national breast cancer month, which is October, um, to raise awareness and education through the National Breast Cancer Foundation, and it's a twenty thousand dollar campaign that we ha- we've had running for a, a few months now, and everything that we do um, through Pinkcoin, all the all the, the the revenue generated, all the the value added um, goes to support this campaign, and additionally um, through this partnership and through this campaign, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of things that we that we've created to add value. Um, so we have this this Twitter lottery bot. Which you can tip people. You can um, buy them lottery tickets. Buy lottery tickets for yourself. You can play instant win poker hands, instant win <laughs> rock paper scissors hands, and it, um, and every every um, every time you purchase one of these things, twenty five percent of the of all of the the revenue generated goes to the, support this foundation. So we've already raised the equivalent of I think six hundred thousand pincoin um, through just through this lottery bot, which at current current value is like. I want to say like 300, I haven't checked the price of Bitcoin today, probably like $350. And um, that's relative to the price of Pinkcoin and relative to the price of Bitcoin, which obviously always is fluctuating because it's a volatile world. Um, <laughs> and so uh, and so everything we're doing is, is to add value and to support these campaigns. Um, and we've, we were the first coin to implement anonymous sending. You can send your Pinkcoin anonymously through the wallet as well as through a website. Um, we have... Because I'm sure most of your your uh, listeners aren't aware of how the nature of how to send and receive Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies, but essentially you get this really long, confusing, 25 character alphanumeric string. I think it's longer of text. than that, right? Yeah, it might <laughs> it be looks longer. It's really long. <laughs> it's really yeah, it's really long, and and it would be it would be hell and impossible, nearly impossible to memorize this thing to and type it out without without an error. And any any error you have in the the um the address you're sending to will fuck up the the transaction and so first we'll, of all go- the listeners should be aware of this code because if you go on out of the box podcast.com there's a button that says to subscribe with bitcoin and you should click on it and see the extremely long code to put money in my wallet so you guys <laughs> should be aware of what he's talking about yeah <laughs> but if and you're so, not 
yeah, go, go ahead and check it out and donate. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and so what we've done is, is there's a lot of room for error. Uh, so generally what you have to do is you have to copy and paste this code, which um, for the older generation, they may, may not know how to even copy and paste. And to be, let's but be Bitcoin honest about that. Bitcoin doesn't use that, right? Yeah, so what we've done is we've created this, um, this ability to send through usernames and also through email addresses. So you can that's go awesome. to... That's a lot easier. More, it's kind of like PayPal, right? Yep, and so we're the first, first coin, even, even Bitcoin. We're the first cryptocurrency, altcoin, anything to have this. And this was done by our developer, Boxa, um, who's very, very talented. He was also the person to integrate the anonymous sending feature in our wallet. And so what you can do is, um, in our newest wallet release, there's a tab that says wallet.pink, which is actually a website, um, wallet.pink, where you can go to sign up for a username and link it to your email and link it to your, um, your pink coin address. And so instead of going to send, from, once, once you register for a username and link your email to your, your pink coin address, you can then have people send your username from there on and never and have to worry about this long confusing address. Yeah, way easier. Extremely long code with 20,000 hashtags and exclamations. And <laughs> yeah. And, and so that, that's our whole thing with, with Pinkcoin. Like, uh, we, we want ease of use. We want to, to make it as easy as possible and simple as possible for anybody and everybody to get involved, whether it be a seven-year-old child or a 90-year-old person, you know? So that, that's our whole goal and that we've kind of been... Um, Doing everything we can, catering to to making that happen. Along like everything we're doing is is making it simplicit, making it things simpler. Because we've we've kind of realized that a lot of people in this space, in this crypto space, they're catering to the tech nerds. Like I yes. don't use that word loosely <laughs> to, to fellow people that understand the in depths, ins and outs of it. And they are, that's, and that's why I wanted you to explain kind of the basics because I want more people getting into altcoins and cryptocurrency. Obviously, that helps me and you because the value of our coins is going to go up with the mm -hmm. higher demand. But also because I want people to understand what it's about, and a lot of people don't. You know, even though I am an advocate for using cryptocurrencies and I'm a huge fan of them, you know, I'm still clueless to half the stuff that my husband talks about when he talks about cryptocurrency. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, he's talking about memory cards and mining and this, all this. And it goes over my head. But the thing is that, you know, you can be a quote unquote irregular person, not a tech nerd and use cryptocurrency effectively. Oh, most definitely. Like there's there, there's so much um, so much out there in this space. There's so much information. There's so many different facets to it. Um, and I mean, essentially, the, the the cool thing about cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin uh, and other altcoins is that it's it's not only um, something that you can you can use to purchase things. I mean, that's slowly being adopted. You can buy stuff with it, but it's it's a store of value. You can transfer value. You can it's an investment. It, you can use it to day trade. There's so many different facets to this world. I mean, there's mining. There's there's so many different avenues. You can you can stick to your one one little. Uh, you can compartmentalize it into small different pieces and you can stick to that one compartment whether it be just buying and holding long term or you can kind of branch out and and realize that it, it's uh you can day trade it or you can get into mining and secure the network while printing money essentially or you can get into to the retail space of it and buy stuff with it there's so many different you can avenues tip your friends you know tipping yeah. is, is a big huge thing I'm, I'm glad that you guys are you know developing an outlet where it's it's a lot easier to use because I think like you said a lot of you know cryptocurrency has been veiled in kind of tech speak and jargon and it's it's not easy for the average person to understand you know I had to do quite a bit of research just to get you know on the basic level of understanding 
<laughs> yeah, and, and and actually, um, I went and played the World Series of Poker main event this year. Um, that's what I, I I'm a professional poker player, so I travel and play some of these events. So I was playing the World Series main event, and I was wearing one of my pink coin T-shirts, and I was talking to people about about cryptocurrencies, and. I was shocked at, at how many people had heard of it, but had had these like far-fetched misconceptions about it. So let's talk and about I, that. Oh, let's, oh, that's great. So talk about some of the misconceptions that are out there, because I have heard so many right now, but I want to hear what you have heard. Yeah, and these, these are like intelligent people who are, are, I mean, most people that play the main event are either you're a professional poker player, which I'd say comprises maybe 40 to 50% of the field, you're an athlete or a celebrity, or you're some some rich CEO or executive of a company or you're just some guy who who won a satellite or wanted to play this, and your so friends and family put it up. Yeah, for the most part. And so the things I would I would hear was like, "Let's hear um, top five weirdest misconceptions about cryptocurrency." <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I don't know about weirdest, but, but the top five misconceptions that I heard were, um, well, I thought I thought the government took that down. I thought I thought I thought it was. Uh, I thought it got hacked and and that it was all shut down. That that Bitcoin is gone and no and no longer around, no longer a thing. So they and didn't I'd, understand that it was an exchange that got yeah, that it, closed and not the actual currency. Exactly. Okay, and so I had, to, I had to explain that to them how it was just uh, the one exchange got hacked and it was just like a temporary thing, um, and that it's still lived on. The language you're using, you're funny. I thought that got taken down. <laughs> <laughs> that, that very sentence shows a lack of understanding. Okay, second second misconception. Um, I thought it was just used for drugs, and and I thought the <laughs> FBI went and, went and took care of that. Like, so oh, it sounds like the these Silk people Road. are he- hearing about crypto and thinking of it as a nuisance. Exactly. <laughs> like they, they've they've been watching CNN and Fox News and just hearing the, the stories. Stream BS. And and not doing any research for themselves and just regurgitating that same shit. Um, okay. And and one guy actually, one guy actually told me that he had a conversation with his friend. Um, for a while, and they they both were on the same page because they, neither of them had done any research, and they were like, "Man, this Bitcoin thing was cool, but then it was all about drugs, and it got taken down." Man, I wish it would still be around. It's like, what are you talking about, man? I'm sorry, <laughs> like, right. me laugh really hard. Um, <laughs> it's, well, all it's, funny, it's all about drugs. It's all. Guys, what do you think people use hundred dollar bills for? Let's be honest. Okay. Um, yeah. So what are uh, two more misconceptions just for fun? Okay. Um, like people. <laughs> I I don't even know, man. Like, I guess a lot of people just really had a, had a general under, misunderstanding that it, that there was a, that it was finite. People thought like, oh, you can just you can steal this stuff. Like, uh, how how am I to trust the network? Like, how how do I? Okay, so let's talk about that, that because I I, that? I have heard that a lot. I have heard people, you know, because you know Mount Gox was hacked. I I have heard that misconception from a lot of people and. You know, maybe you can explain it because I, I kind of don't understand it. A lot of people are afraid of having bitcoins or having alt currency and then having it stolen. Is that you know feasible? Is that delusional? What? No, it's it's definitely feasible. But the only way that that any of your cryptocurrencies can be hacked or stolen is through human error, through your own lack of of securing them. Um, so if you're one of these people that that just keeps your that owns Bitcoin or, or altcoins and keeps them on your computer on a file and doesn't have any secure backups. There's no encryption at all, um, and you use the same email and passwords for everything. Oh my god, you sound um, like my husband. <laughs> yeah, then, then you're you're very likely if somebody if somebody knows that you have have these currencies, you're likely to be a target for hacking. Um, he always so, makes me make my password have like ten weird signs, and he's like dollar sign hashtag <laughs> exclamation capital yeah. R lowercase. I'm like, no, I can't remember this. I just want to make all the same password. <laughs> yeah, so don't do that. Yeah, if, if you 
if you uh, if you can and you're capable and you're not and you can write it down like in some safe place, just make it as complex as you possibly can so that no one can uh, can ever brute force hack it. And when I say brute force hack, that's a technique that hackers use where they just run a comp- uh, a program that just takes every single possible combination of words um, or and and letters and characters, whatever, and um, runs it through the machine and tries to use every combination to hack the the password and so um, the, so the comp- it can be stolen if someone is you know not careful basically yeah but if you use a really complex password with with uh, alphanumeric and other characters and long it, it takes like an exponentially greater period of time to be brute force hacked um, but- I'm not sure the exact details but yeah like if you use a, a complex long multi multi character uh, with um, whatever the fuck it is, it'll, it'll take like like hundreds symbols. or thousands of years. Yeah, symbols. Okay, That's the word I'm looking let, for. Let me so, but let me make a clarification because you know you're saying, well, you know, can you be hacked if, if you're not safe? But that could be said. I I don't want to make that a specific cryptocurrency issue because with online Reno. banking, that could be said about if you have a Chase account. Yeah, exactly. If, if, because your Chase your Chase account's gonna be linked to your email. If your email password is if somebody knows your email and they know you bank with Chase and they know your password or it's passwords the same or simple, they can get into your email and then access your Chase account and then spend Do whatever. Shit. Exactly. Yeah, so that, exactly. So that's so the issue that we're talking about is not a unique issue to cryptocurrency, which is something that I want to make a distinction about because I don't want yeah, people being like, oh my god, you know, it's dangerous. People can no, people can do that. Most people do online banking. I would say you know that's a very common thing, and that can also be done with online banking. People can hack into your Chase, your Bank of America, your whatever, if you're not using these complicated passwords. So this is not a unique issue to cryptocurrency. Yeah, most definitely not. This is something that across all all industry, all financial industries, even PayPal is is a general is a giant concern. So it's it's the same same industry struggles or same struggles as as other financial industry and, ex, and any any industry has where there's a password associated with it. Um, so what what people can do um, is they can secure their coins offline. They can no longer keep them on their computer. They can keep them on a USB drive and delete their ah. um, file from their computer and store it in a safe or store it in a safe place, unmarked, that only you know where it is. Um, there's paper wallets. There's all sorts of cold storage, as it's called. Uh, there's there's hot hot wallets and cold storage wallets. Hot wallets meaning that are on, that they're on your computer or online or, or accessible to people. Cold storage meaning that they're offline. They're secure. They're safe, and they're only able to be um, accessed by you, essentially. Um, so, so you're still so you're still playing poker. You said you went to the world. Tur- you're still playing poker, just not online. Yeah, exactly. I haven't been able to play <laughs> online um, for a couple of years. I mean, I I, I can travel and I, I can go to Canada or Mexico or any other country in the world, and I can play online on Poker Stars and Fold Tilt and the main sites. And I have I, I spent a little bit of January playing online in Canada, but um yeah, for the most per- part, for all intents and purposes, I am retired. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, do you feel like? Okay, so let's let's we talked about, you know, some of the the positives and I know a lot a lot of companies are now starting to announce, which is a big thing for alt currency people that they're starting to accept alt currencies. Is there any websites that show all the businesses that accept them or that's not out yet? Um I'm sure there are, but I'm not aware of them. Like because there's there's new companies popping up every day, there's hundreds of them, thousands of them. Like most recently the biggest names that have popped up that are using uh, crypto um or Bitcoin are uh, overstock.com, Dell.com uh, started accepting them. Uh, I think there's rumors that eBay is is beginning to to open up to the idea. I'm surprised and eBay isn't on the list already. Yeah, well, they're they're tied they have to their PayPal. PayPal. They have their PayPal. Uh, what is it? Monopoly. Yeah, exactly. Get, so yeah. I think I think they view it as a threat, and I think they've been viewing it as a threat for a couple like a year or two. 
And until recently, they, they've realized that they need to either adapt or die. And that's what a lot of <laughs> companies are, are realizing. It's either adapt or die. Um, I kind of hope eBay dies, though, because I have a personal grudge against them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, die, eBay, die. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I think this is a, a side tangent, but I just don't like that they're very um, – uh, buyer focus and not a seller focus i was an ebay seller for years and years and years and years and mm -hmm. even as a now they're allowing it but when i was selling they didn't even allow sellers to leave negative feedback and sometimes i would have some psychotic buyers on there there's crazy people wow. online and i was not allowed to leave these people negative feedback and it just drove me nuts and also they tend to um focus more on buyer concerns and not seller concerns because that's that's just how their business model is. And the sellers like me who have been selling since 2002 on there make the business. So that's my mm -hmm. personal issue with them. So I hope they don't adapt to altcoin and I hope they burn. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're actually like selling. Oh, well, they're not adapting in, in terms of accepting, but they, as of like, I want to say three or four months ago, they started allowing you to sell miners and mining contracts and, um, and stuff like that. And also like Bitcoin, yeah, and Bitcoin and, Do and Doge Dogecoin and all that shit. You can, you can buy and sell all of it on there now. Is it Dogecoin or is it Dogcoin or is it Dogcoin? I don't, that's the thing. I don't know. Nobody like, knows, right? I, nobody knows. <laughs> no one knows. It, it's like it's this mystery. It's an anomaly. I Pandora's own, box. I own um, a bunch of, I'm going to call it Doggy Coin because there's a cute dog on it. Um, yeah. But I, I like that one better. It's crashed recently. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's up. Um, is there any, is there a uh, pattern of certain celebrities pushing certain coins and them going up and down without people doing research. What is what is the value of doing research on coins instead of just you know? Because oh, I I notice that it's up and down, up and down, up and down, and I don't know if it's because certain people are pushing it or not. Not well, Dogecoin, yeah, but just all coins. Yeah, there, there's this uh, there's this this uh, phenomenon that's not really industry specific. You kind of see in the stock market too that if any any large player, anybody with a large following, kind of tweets about. And a lot of the altcoin, especially, um, information is on Twitter. It's on BitcoinTalk.org and on Twitter. And so Twitter is where you can see buyer sentiment. You can get advice from industry experts, whatever. So when one of these industry experts, and I use that term kind of loosely, pretty much any, an industry expert is anybody who has a large following on Twitter and people don't really <laughs> do research on. So there's a guy who has like 10,000 followers and he's like, yo, buy this coin. And, it, and in his bio, he says like he's a cryptocurrency expert or enthusiast or, or trader or whatever it is. People don't even do research. They're like, oh, shit. Because the way these markets move is it's not like a lot of other markets industries. This shit's instant. Like this shit, you can, a coin can go 10 or 20 exits value in 10 or 15 minutes or 20 minutes and, and also on this like That's drop the same. Yeah, as quickly. And so the people don't, don't have time or don't, or don't feel like they have enough time to do the research and they panic buy and sell. And so you see these tremendous spikes in value and declines in value over really, really short periods of time just because people are dumb as fuck and they're, they're not doing research. <laughs> they're, blind, they're blindly listening to these, these people who have a large following. You heard it here first on Out of the Box podcast, Crypto Casey says people are dumb as fuck. <laughs> just, just the people that are, that are blindly listening that they're doing the research. I mean, that, that's how people get burned and that's how a lot of these, these uh, coins gain and lose so much value instantly and people do that and a lot the of stock market too a lot of people exactly will buy who you know whatever the talking head on msnbc says buy or sell that's what they're doing and instead of doing jim kramer yeah exactly jim kramer is a great example of that and i, I loved when john stewart kind of gave jim handed jim kramer his ass on the daily show and had jim jim kramer borderline in tears because he was calling <laughs> him out for shit like he 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 really encourages people to buy stocks based on hype and his, and his excitement about them 
when in reality, what he's doing is he's getting all of these big, uh, big wigs behind the scenes, get, getting them out of their bags, like allowing people to buy into it and taking taking the, the stocks off their hands. And that's what you're seeing a lot on Twitter also is when people are tweeting to buy something, there's generally a reason for it. It's not like they have any intrinsic value uh, or they're, they're benefiting at all. It's generally because they want the price to get to a certain level where they can exit their position. Yeah. So do your research. That is key, people. If you're going to yes. invest in cryptocurrencies, do your research or like me, marry someone who does this research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there's, there's, cert- there's certain people out there. There's, there are definitely some, a few people out there who I wouldn't say trust wholeheartedly, but you, you can they're, – they're, they're out there for the good of, of, of the industry. They're not out there to, to make money off of you, to, to really kind of exploit people's or, well, or ability if you, to if if you want to follow someone who maybe has a lot of money in crypto and is vested in it to succeed in general, you know, mm-hmm. then maybe you you should follow you know their their advice instead of someone who's just like you said turn and burn or in the market short term. But people who have uh, vested interest in the infrastructure and for for the actual entire system to succeed, you know, and and like you said, have an altruistic reason for promoting certain coins. Yeah, and there are people like that out there. There there, there isn't there aren't aren't as many of them as there are of the pump and dumpers, but there are definitely some people out there who want have your best interest and have the industry's best interest at heart. Well, I definitely hear that you have a lot of passion for pink coin and a lot of passion <laughs> for cryptocurrency, and I'm really excited to have had you on. Um, where can What's the website for pink coin? How can people find out more information? What are some of the good resources? Okay, so um, what we've done with pink coin is... We don't have any .com domains. We have .pink domain. So about a month and a half. Oh my actually, god, I love two, that. <laughs> two and a half months ago, the top level domain of .pink was released, and we quickly discovered it and swooped up a lot of these domains. So our main website is crypto.pink. C r y p t o dot p i n k. That's awesome, and, and we will have a link on the website as well. Sweet. And so from there, you can find a lot, a lot of information out about us on our, on the links on the site. Um, at the bottom of the the site, there's um, a link to our fundraiser, a link to our announcement thread, which is titled Forum. There's a link to our lottery, um, lottery.pink for more information. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of resources there. Um, and sign and up to inc- get a username so that you don't have to do this 25-character wallet. Yeah, wall- wallet.pink is, the, is that one. Um, and that's actually in the latest release of our wallet. So if you go to crypto.pink, go to wallets and download the wallet, you can just do it all from within the wallet itself. Um, and also Twitter, like I mentioned, is the best resource by far for cryptocurrency related things. Um, follow us on at PinkCoin with the underscore at the end. Somebody already had at PinkCoin, so we had to throw in an underscore what? at the end. <laughs> yeah, it, it's somebody with a private user, and they they only have like six tweets and seven. You're followers like, can you please give me at PinkCoin? I've tweeted them about a hundred times to to hook it up. You know but what? They, I will tweet at us. them too, and and all the listeners, if you're listening to this and you're a crypto fan, tweet at Bitcoin <laughs> and tell them to give it up to Crypto Casey. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure they just like fell off the face of the earth and like just abandoned it. So it's out there. Ho- hopefully, we can take it over one day. But until then, we have <laughs> at Bitcoin underscore. I'm I'm Crypto Casey C A Y C E, which is um. Uh, my name on there is Pink Profit, which is an allusion uh, alluding to. Edgar Casey, who was a prophet in the early 1900s, um, who had I don't know, like 15,000 predictions and of um, that he had written down that have of of which like 12,000 have come true. So I uh, I oh, made crypto awesome. Casey, and I'm the pink prophet. So uh, <laughs> you can follow me for a lot of information. Um, 
yeah. So oh, bef- well, before we wrap up, uh, what do you see for Pinkcoin in the future? What are what are the goals that you see for cryptocurrency in general? And what, you know, you're a prophet, you're the pink prophet. So, so <laughs> give us, you know, some knowledge for people who are thinking on the fence about investing in cryptocurrency. Where is the future going? Well, the future, well, right now, all the alt currencies are tied to Bitcoin. You have to have Bitcoin first to get into the cryptocurrency game. And that's a result of um, legislation and money transmission issues. And a lot of these exchanges don't want to deal with them, don't want to deal with the paperwork or the legalities. So they just have uh, Bitcoin pairing. So that way you're trading property to property and not property to currency. And so um, in order for, or not in order for it, but I, I think the future is going to be once, uh, for altcoins especially, that once... Um, once they no longer are tied to Bitcoin and once some of these exchanges start offering USD pairings to trade altcoins with, you'll start to see um, them take off and, and, and be given the, the, the true value that they deserve. Um, with regards to, to crypt, crypto as a whole, I see it only going up from here. I mean, all these things have finite, there's scarcity. There's only a finite amount of these coins that will ever exist. And with that, with the scarcity, um, it's a supply and demand thing. The, the, if there's a limited supply and demand's high, the price is obviously going to rise. And so I see um, long-term value being tremendous in, uh, in the cryptocurrency space. And I see it as, as a very viable alternative to, to banking systems. If you have any sort of uh, qualms or, or bad experience with banking systems, I would, I would encourage you to, to do your research and, uh, and look to cryptocurrencies as a way to not necessarily get completely out, but to, to have a backup, to have a fallback. I would say um, cryptocurrency is kind of the new age gold because a yep. lot of people, the old school, you know, like my mom and stuff, she was afraid of the banking system collapsing and the dollar revaluing and she would buy gold, which I think is, a, you know, a great alternative as well. But I would say that the younger generation is focusing more on cryptocurrency. So for guys, guys and gals out there, if you're worried about the devaluation of the dollar, if you're concerned about these banking issues and Wall Street and all these other issues, you know, yeah, maybe put some money in alt currency and, and just as a safety. But I would call it kind of like the new age gold. Yeah, for sure. And, and new, the new age gold and also the Internet boom. Like, yeah, how, Internet. How you, could, <laughs> you could just buy domains in like the early 90s and within a year they'd be worth like 100 times their value. That's kind of, that's kind of what, I'm, what I feel like cryptocurrencies are like. You can just buy and hold and, and over a, a two year period, you, you, you put them away somewhere and two years later you look at them like, oh, shit, I'm rich, you know. <laughs> Not, not necessarily that, but like very close to it, and so I, I feel like it's a it's a large opportunity for a lot of people to kind of be auto, have autonomy and control, and also um, a lot of value of their of their assets and their resources. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on out of the box. Is there anything else you'd like to promote or say about the currency or pink coins in general? Um, I would just like to to encourage everyone out there to to seriously do do the research and and. Don't get intimidated, and if you need help, um, ask one of these industry experts or myself on Twitter. Um, I'd be happy to help, and I'm sure a lot of these guys are very happy to help too. Because we we want people to get in the industry. We want we want new faces and and new users. Because the, the more we can um, dis, disperse this inf- this great information and get uh, more people using cryptocurrencies, the better it is for the industry as a whole and also for our society. Um, so I would encourage everyone to at least after they listen to this. Go check out um, some of these resources. You know, find out more about Bitcoin as a whole. Um, Coindesk.com is a really good resource for for Bitcoin for um, people getting into the game. They have a lot of news on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, as well as uh, 
like a beginner's guide to what it is and how to get involved and ask some questions. You know, don't just sit on the sidelines and feel intimidated. Uh, we're trying to make it user friendly, but it's not it's not 100 percent there yet. It'll it'll get there. But in the meantime, please uh, do some research and don't get intimidated and ask some questions. That's awesome. And I think you've done a really, really good job of explaining it to simpletons like me. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Guys, this has been Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Out of the Box Podcast is sponsored by HugMeTees.com. Spread love, give a hug, HugMeTees.com. Don't forget to go on SoundCloud.com slash Out of the Box Podcast and click on the follow button. We're also, as always, on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Follow us, subscribe, and leave positive comments. We love it so much. This has been Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Bye.